This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. No Danny today, Grant Paulson with you on the fan. Welcome back and thanks much for making this show part of your afternoon. No, you got options. I wanted to uh, shout out a listener, actually. So we've been doing these shows on site in Buffalo Wild Wings locations all over the area, mostly in Alexandria and in Falls Church, and we've been going down to hang out with the good people of Culpeper as well. I believe we've got one more stop coming up in Culpeper, by the way, if memory serves. Yes, we are going to Culpeper this Monday. This Monday we will be in Culpeper. Let's and go. And that'll be our final trip this year to Culpeper. Let's pack the place. We'll pack it. We got to. We've been crushing it in Culpeper, so let's fill the joint. But uh, there is a, a young listener named Brennan who comes out to B-dubs with his dad every single week. And, in fact, they started dragging along his little brother as well, who's probably not nearly as excited to be there. But I, I was talking with Brennan. He's there every week, and I normally talk to him about his you know baseball game or basketball game or whatever. And I didn't even know this, but it came up last time uh, when I was leaving that he wants to get into broadcasting, and he started his own podcast so I had him send me his podcast. He crushed it. Like, he is legit good. We're going to have to, at some point, have him uh, break something down for us. Uh, just a young guy, but uh, I thought it was really, really cool, and I wanted to say to him that uh, I was very impressed, and he did a good job breaking down the, the Niners and the Commanders. And I say this to anyone, if there's young people listening as well, um, sometimes I'll get to bump into or meet up with uh, young people that want to get into broadcasting, and they always ask, you know, for advice or what should be done or how to go about their business. And the main thing I would say now is it's not easy by any means to get your break, but it is more than ever before easy to have your own show. Just do a podcast or to have your own column just by writing a blog. Like, use that as your experience and start your own show and do your own segments and do your own um conversations that you record with your buddies like you could do that just all you need is the tech and it's available for you and you can grab it and record it and that ends up being your uh, resume in a way so just wanted to say to brennan who i know is uh probably listening that uh, that was impressive and really really cool uh and good job but uh put me in a good mood today getting to hear uh that broadcast with that in mind let's spin around the nfl ryan and get the latest for you on some of these playoff ramifications as we get set for week 17. God, that's depressing. If you love ball, and I know y'all love ball, week 17 is normally the two scariest words in football because that's the end of the road. Now we get 18 of these, which is nice. But, man, does it stink that the regular season's almost over. And don't remind me, well, you get the playoffs. I know, you silly goose. I get it. I just want the season to just be starting. Is that too much to ask? To have another 20 weeks of football ahead? 
Am I asking for too much? All right, tonight, Cowboys-Titans. So Dallas is going to destroy them. That goes without saying. The Titans are missing, among others, their quarterback, Tannehill, their running back, who is their bell cow, Derrick Henry, their best defensive player, Jeffrey Simmons, and any other Titan you can name pretty much is not playing. They aren't admitting to this. Mike Frabel is not going to tell you this. They're treating this like a preseason game, basically. This game does not matter to the Titans tonight. They're going to lose, and they'll go to 7-9. and nine. Even if Jacksonville beats the Texans, who they're tied with right now atop the AFC South, the Jags would be 8-8. Eight and eight. Those two teams play next week for the division championship. The Titans have a game in hand over Jacksonville. They beat them earlier, so they went over the Jags. Would I even the record with Jacksonville and they'd have the head-to-head tiebreaker, they would win the division. So they're just hoping to get as healthy as possible for next week for a game in Jacksonville that'll decide the AFC South. Here's why this matters for the Cowboys, though. We haven't talked about this much because it's almost impossible to imagine it happening. In fact, the site that I love to use gives this a 1% chance of playing out, which seems low. A win for the Cowboys tonight and an Eagles loss at home to the Saints on Sunday, Gardner Minshew at the controls for Jalen Hurts, would mean that the Dallas Cowboys would go into Week 18 with a chance to win the NFC East and to climb out of a wild card spot where they could actually host a playoff game. Imagine a free fall from the Eagles where they lose their last three after losing one all year. I don't think it's happening. But they would have to lose Sunday, and then the Cowboys, with a win tonight, would have to turn around and win next Sunday at FedEx Field against the Commanders, while the Eagles lose at home to the Giants. Again, very, very unlikely. The Cowboys would then be the champions of the NFC East. My guess is Dallas wins tonight, Eagles win Sunday, division is decided, Cowboys are sitting some starters when they come to land over Maryland a week from Sunday. Next relevant game I'll hit with you. Bears-Lions in Detroit. What happened to the Lions? Everybody was putting them over, falling in love with this team. The expectation was maybe that they'd run the table, that they were the team that was going to catch the Commanders. All they had to do was control their destiny, keep winning football games. And by the way, at least for a couple of weeks, starting with that Panthers game this past weekend, beat bad teams. Teams they should beat. They got worked by Carolina. 37-23 loss in Charlotte. Panthers climbed to 6-9 and nine and kept their chances alive in the NFC South, which is abysmal. So for the Lions now against the 3-12 and 12 Bears, they have to bounce back. I think they will. They're a really good team at home. Last time they were at home, they beat the Jets on a day where the Jets gave them everything they could handle. Uh, recently at home, though, they beat the Vikings. 34 to 23. I think that uh, this Lions team indoors in their dome has gotten really crisp play from Jared Goff, who's made good decisions. They'll handle the Bears, and it's going to set up a massive game with the Packers in week 18. And we'll get to the ramifications for that in a moment. But in the playoff picture right now in the conference standings behind the Commanders, the last team in with the seventh seed. The Seahawks, the Lions, and the Packers are really the only other teams that have a viable chance at a wild card spot. So Detroit, after that loss to the Panthers, has to find a way to keep Justin Fields from running all over the place. Because if you can do that, I think we all know you beat the Bears. 
And let's face it, they're 3-12. and 12. As dangerous as Fields is and as hard to defend as Chicago's become with him as a playmaker with his feet, they've won three games in 15 tries. you got to find a way to get back to 8-8 eight and eight and set up a must-have game in Week 18. Now, I mentioned the Jaguars. The Jaguars are playing the Texans in Houston. Texans coming off of a win over the Titans this past week. Now 2-12-1. A Jacksonville loss doesn't really matter a ton, I suppose, except that the Titans losing, they're both 7-9. and nine. Jacksonville would have to win next week to get into the playoffs either way, basically. But there's no reason not to prepare yourself for Week 18 and bludgeon Houston, a bad football team. The Titans lost because Malik Willis was their quarterback. They didn't have Tannehill. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. And if you want to know how bad Malik Willis has been, by the way, here's the answer to that. Josh Dobbs is starting for them in his ninth day in the organization tonight on national TV. It's basically a preseason game for them that doesn't matter. The perfect chance to just get Malik Willis reps, and they're saying, actually, no, he's not ready for this, so we'll give the guy the job who's been here for three hours. I think the Jags beat the Texans, and they set up with some momentum at home a chance to beat the Titans, which they'll do in Week 18. And believe it or not, at 9-8, and eight, Jacksonville, how fun will that be? A potential division winner out of the AFC South. The Chiefs host the Broncos in Kansas City. 12-3 and three Chiefs, 4-11 and 11 Denver Broncos. What a terrible situation the Broncos are in moving forward. They fired Nathaniel Hackett, and I understand why. He looked overmatched and like he was underqualified. So if you feel like you made a mistake, no problem. Move along. Don't wait two, three years to do it. But you're not getting out of that Russell Wilson contract, are you? And what's amazing about that is everyone says they shouldn't have made the trade. In hindsight, that's true. They shouldn't have. But the trade wasn't really the issue. Yes, you gave up too much and it looks bad. It's the contract afterwards that is abhorrent. That's what locks you into Russell Wilson. The trade happens and you go, oh, you made a bad trade and you move along. It's the extension, the marrying of him rather than dating him. He was coming off of a really rough second half with Seattle. You didn't want to see what he might be. You didn't want to make sure that the purchase that you brought home worked before you just started cutting off all the tags. You didn't want to see if the dress fit. I still cannot believe the money they gave him, the guaranteed cash. I mean, they are in a bad, bad way. But you look at the AFC standings right now, Kansas City has a great chance to be the one seed. They're 12-3. and three. They're going to beat Denver, while Buffalo has a huge game against Cincinnati and could very easily lose a game that is almost a pick on the road against the Bengals. They're right now laying a point and a half. They're expected to win, but, I mean, that's about as close a spread as you're going to see between a couple of juggernauts. So if the Chiefs hold serve here and just win the game they're supposed to and get to 13-3, and three, they may well enter Week 18 with a chance at the one seed. And that's more important now than maybe it's ever been before because only one team gets the bye at the top of the conference. Right now, that's slated to be Buffalo by way of a tiebreaker in the AFC. Elsewhere, Week 17 slate on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. How about the Dolphins and the Patriots in New England? At Foxborough, this game's suddenly 
huge, and it sounds like Tua Tungavailoa is not going to play for the Dolphins team that is clinging to the final playoff spot. They're the seventh seed. They're the Washington of the AFC. They have no margin for error at eight and seven. The team directly behind them, New England, at seven and eight. The Patriots have to win this football game to keep their chances alive. And if they do win, they would actually leap into the postseason for a moment with a little bit of help, possibly. Now, you guys know, like I do, that this season, they played the Dolphins, by the way, on the first week of the year, September 11th. They lost 20-7. to This Patriots offense has sputtered when it's been good, and it's been anemic when it's been bad. They got to redo a bunch of stuff this offseason on that coaching staff. The days of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge splitting duties as a coordinator and Patricia calling the plays have to come to an end. And if Belichick remains loyal to this operation the way they've done it, they're going to ruin Mac Jones and and maybe even Bailey Zappi too. But if they lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give Zappi another crack at running the show in the final week of the season, got another look-see at him and set up a bit of a controversy going into the year. Miami's fascinating because of the Tua situation. Tua has been mostly outstanding statistically this year, but the concussion problems continue to rear their head. And how could he possibly come back and play this season? I mean, after another concussion, I'm sure because it's the NFL, if they play in a playoff game, he'd be out there. But you've got guys like Brandon Marshall on national TV begging him not to play, telling him to think about his wife. Think about his future kids. Like These are guys that played for a long time that have had concussions that know how serious these ramifications can be. Tua, for the second time in four weeks, threw multiple interceptions this past weekend in a three-pick game that cost the Dolphins dearly. They lost 26-20 to the Packers on Christmas Day. Tua really struggled. Most of his ineptitude, though, and, and struggles in that game came after he suffered the concussion. Pretty scary situation for Miami. I think the Dolphins, without Tua, still beat New England in a tight game. I'm going to say 2017-17-14, and for the moment, maintain that final playoff spot. Patriots fall to 7-9 and eventually miss out. Giants are going to clinch. They'll beat the Colts 8-6-1. They're at the Meadowlands in East Rutherford on Sunday, 1 o'clock window. Colts are 4-10-1. Do you guys know that the Jeff Saturday-led Colts have been outscored 90 to nine in the fourth quarter since he took over running that team. 90 to nine. That's pretty disgusting. It's only been about a month, by the way. Uh, the Giants get to 9-6-1, and one, can thank that win over the Commanders at FedEx Field for basically finishing the job. I mean, they could go one and two down the stretch, and they probably will, by the way. They play the Eagles next week after losing this past week, and, and it'll be enough. All they got to do is beat the Colts. And let's face it. If they lose to the Colts with the Eagles next week and they could still potentially fall out of contention if enough things happen, they got no one to blame but themselves. Indianapolis is starting Nick Foles again. Why? What are you doing, Saturday? You're 4-10-1. Foles is your third quarterback. He's been a backup for years. Play Ellinger. Look at a kid. Sign someone on uh, that was drafted two years ago That you off someone's practice squad who's 23. Start them. Uh, pretty amazing uh, the way things have gone off the rails in Indianapolis. Continuing with our look at Week 17, 
Dateline, Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field, 13-2 and two Philly. You win, you clinch the one seed, you win the division, you're 14-2, and two, it's all over, Johnny. But if you lose, you crack that door just a little bit. I thought Gardner Minshew actually played okay. I mean, how many of you guys watched Philly and Dallas this weekend on Saturday? Same time, same window as the Commanders game? Minshew actually threw for 355 and a pair of touchdowns. Problem was he made a couple too many mistakes. Threw two picks, turned the ball over three times. Difference between a starter and a backup. You're just not going to be as precise. But I think they'll make enough plays. They're a good enough team around him to beat the Saints, who are 6-9. and nine. Bucks-Panthers is massive. That game is in Tampa. If the Panthers beat Tampa Bay, they improve to 7-9, and nine, and the Bucks will fall to 7-9. and nine. The Panthers actually have the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay because they beat them earlier in the season, and they'll have won both of the two games against the Bucks. Carolina would be in the driver's seat to win the division. Can you imagine, by the way, the Carolina Panthers making the playoffs as a division champion? With Steve Wilkes as their interim head coach after they fired Matt Rule, and it's Sam Darnold-led team is in the playoffs. What a gift that would be for Dallas. Oh, I'm already mad about it. The five-seed Cowboys going to Charlotte to play the Panthers. Although, if somehow the Panthers beat them, it would be so fun to make fun of every Cowboys fan you know. Because they'll be talking so much trash, be beating their chest for two weeks leading up to the game. Can you imagine? And then finally, elsewhere among the playoff picture games that matter, Jets-Seahawks is huge. Seattle wins. They got a shot. They lose. They're done. Same thing for the Jets in the AFC playoff picture. That game's in Seattle. Seahawks have been free-falling here recently. They're the team that was in the best shape three weeks ago, but they have lost to the Panthers, 49ers, and Chiefs three straight weeks after beating the 5-10 Rams. 27-23 and falling right out of the playoff picture. Lastly, Vikings-Packers. Green Bay needs to win out. Minnesota this week, Detroit next week. And get help from Washington with a couple of losses. Really, if Commanders lose once and the Packers win out, Packers could be in business. But Washington at 7-7-1, where they went over the Browns, would put the Packers in a real bad spot, even where they win. They would need help in Week 18. So a quick look at some of the most important games of the weekend, all leading up to Monday Night Football, 12-3 and Bills, 11-4 and Bengals, in what might be the best game of the year on paper in the NFL. Can't wait. Speaking of can't wait, are the Caps going to win 11 out of 12? Are they going to get another dub tonight? It's time for your power play. We are about 45 minutes from the puck drop in at Capital One Arena. Ottawa Senators are in town for our power play. Let's hear from John Walton earlier on Grant and Danny. Well, I think the 10 of 11 part is important, and to be able to get back in the hunt. I mean, guys, this team was teetering on the brink of the abyss going back to the beginning of this month. It is nothing short of remarkable what they put together, especially given the fact that so many guys have been injured and you've had to just plug and play on so many different occasions. They will continue to do that here tonight. Darcy Kemper is going to get the start tonight, and Cam Talbot, who was really good in his last game against Boston for Ottawa, pretty good one they're going to face here tonight too. But uh, it's just been unbelievable to be able to have the amount of man games lost. Number one in the NHL, most of any team, and yet here they are as you know, they were within two points a second after the win the other night, and 
trying to get back into third if they can win here uh, for this one tonight. A win would push the Caps one more spot up in the Metro. They'd move ahead of the Penguins with a victory tonight in their 39th game of the season. No pressure, but the Wizards and the Caps combined, 14 out of their last 16 have gone to the good guys. Stay hot, Caps, stay hot. You will hear from Nick Wilson, who does Afternoon Drive Radio in Cleveland and Covers and follows the Browns coming up in just a few minutes here on 106.7 The Fan. Big thanks to Ryan Clary and John Lindsay on the production today. As always, remember Danny's back on Monday. We got one more juicy show for you before then tomorrow on a football Friday. Get you set for the weekend that will be in the NFL and in college football with two playoff games on New Year's Eve. For now, Grant Paulson saying so long. Enjoy your evening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.